Yeah, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, it's great to be with you today, to worship God together, to sing you sing songs to our Lord, along with me. That was great. Look, with my notes, I just got a picture from my number one fan, my daughter. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> she came today in the morning and she gave me this, and it's sweet. It even had the Argentinian flag, so pretty good. How many of you are enjoying this series? Um, hearing God, it's great to uh, to learn how to to um, to hear God, how to listen to our Heavenly Father who wants to speak to us. Not only on Sunday, you know that, right? He doesn't want just to speak to you on Sunday. He wants to speak to you every day and all the time. He loves us. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you today for uh, this wonderful time of uh, praise and worship. Thank you, Lord, for my fellow brothers and sisters here in this house. Thank you for the friends that have decided to come today, maybe for the first time. I pray that you bless us. And as we go deeper into your your word, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us in a personal and, um, and, um, and deep way. I pray, Lord, that you help us today to stay focused, that you take away the distractions from our minds, and that we will be able to receive your word because your word blesses us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come today and that you fill this place with your glory, with your anointing, with your presence, that, it, that we will feel you right here. That we will feel you and that you will bring peace. Lord, I pray for those who have come to this place with, a, with a, a troubled mind or with a troubled heart. I pray that you bring peace right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that they will know that you are the answer to all of their questions. You are the answer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's start. Can you hear me? Okay, vamos a empezar. Eh, la sesión número tres, session three today. We're going to share together uh, about how the Bible is a primary way to hear God. The Bible is a primary way to hear God. It's the number one source. It's the, um, it's the foundation of our lives. Es, es lo primero en nuestras vidas. It's the number one thing in our lives. The Bible should be the, the very first thing that we open in the morning and the last thing that we close at night. Right? Before Facebook, before the news, before the weather, <laughs> Bible. Right? Bible. What God wants to speak to us. And right now we have phones, all of us, and it's great to have maybe you version or whatever app you want to use and you can see there the verse of the day. And it's so good to be... Um, to have that relationship with the Word. Uh, last week we discovered that the Bible clearly teaches that God still speaks to His sheep, people today. Okay? God still speaks to you. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, God speaks to you, brother. God speaks to you, sister. Yeah, He does. You know, He does. Sometimes the, our, our father comes with a, I don't know, a quiet voice and he, he brings a, a word of confidence or comfort and that's so good but also sometimes God has to come with a maybe maybe with a hardware you know because just like uh, like we that we have children we love our children we love our kids but sometimes you know you're not you need to correct them so God does the same with us and he does that primarily through the word um, do you mark your Bible this week have you marked your Bible I mean how many of you use to steal a physical Bible 
All right, physical Bible book. Okay, it's a great thing to have a highlighter. And maybe you are going through your devotions, you're going through your, I don't know, your, the passages of the book of the Bible that you're reading right now. And maybe you uh, come across with a, a, a great verse, a verse that God is using to speak to you. I recommend to you to highlight it, um, to maybe put the, the date right there. In today's bulletin, you will find a note from me where, where I put there a, a Bible verse that the Lord uh, used to, uh, to speak to my heart in February. And I just put right there the, the date. Uh, I don't know if I did it in Spanish or in English. I get confused in my Bible. Sometimes I, I, I write in Spanish, sometimes I write in English. I don't know. So, but it's right there. So I want you to do the same with your Bible. Maybe you don't have a physical Bible. Okay. Let's, let's get you one. Or maybe you have the Bible in your phone. That's all right too. You can highlight uh, the verse that, uh, that, uh, that God is using to speak to your life and maybe put a note right there. And it's great. Also, I don't know how many of you have been doing the exercises. We have homework people. Right? Every day. Use your time. Your 30 minutes with God. 30 minutes, right? <laughs> is that too much? 30 minutes? Devotional. Have a time with God, and if you see today, we, we will also have homework for the week. Last week, we went through um, the book of Psalms, different Psalms that's, that, uh, that, uh, have, um, that the Lord used to speak to our hearts. And this week, we will be studying together John. But the thing is not just study the book. We don't need more knowledge. We need more obedience. Right? I mean, what... What good is it and on, on knowing, you know, the whole 66 books of the Bible and what is the historical background of each one of them? And that's great. But we need obedience to the Word. We need to act on the Word. And we need to use the Word as uh, the primary way that God wants to use to speak to us in a personal and unique way. In a personal and unique way. So today we will learn about this. Uh, point number eight, God speaks to us through Scripture in two different ways. God speaks to us through Scripture in two different ways. Number one, universally. That's a fill-in-the-blank word. If you are following the notes and you have a pencil with you, universally. That means that God speaks to just a few, just the Argentinians. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> if you were born in another country. No! To everybody. Everybody. God speaks to everybody. And number two, God also speaks through the Bible to us in a personal way. So personally. Also fill in the blank. Personally. That means to individual people with specific messages for specific situations at specific times. I don't know. Probably... Uh, you can share with me a lot of stories about your own life when God brought a Bible verse to your to your own to your um, own situation. Maybe you were going through a crisis, and God spoke to you. Psalm twenty three one: The Lord is my shepherd. Just knowing that, you know, but not knowing that He's the shepherd of the whole world—that's good. But also, He's your shepherd. That's you know, making the world. Something uh, personal. He's my shepherd. So in, in our English Bibles, or even in Spanish Bibles, or whatever, any language, we have two Greek words translated as word. Okay, two Greek terms. Uh, the first one is 
logos. Can you say with me logos? Logos, which means um, Jesus, represents Jesus in the Bible. It represents, just like it says there, the Word of God. Three times logos is personified and applied to Jesus. In John 1, 1 and 14 it says, In the beginning was the Word. Apostle John was uh, writing this book to fellow Christians that, uh, were, that were in a battle against, against Gnosticism. And they were attacking the divinity of Christ. So Apostle John has to say, let me make this clear. Jesus is God, not, not now. He had been God from the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, was Jesus. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is God by association and by nature. He had been with God, the Father and the Holy Spirit, always. The Trinity. We believe in the Trinity. Amen? Do you? One God in three persons. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it says, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. In other words, God revealed, expressed Himself, you know what the Word does, through His Son. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says, In the past... God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. The Bible is the word of Jesus to your heart. You see Jesus from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation chapter 22, I think verse 24. The last Bible verse of the Bible. You see Jesus in each one of the books. You see Jesus. You see types and uh, symbols that, uh, that uh, were announcing that the Messiah was coming, Jesus Christ. And you can read that word, but you can read it in a, in a general way, like history. But the Bible is not a book that you read. The Bible is the book that reads you. The Bible has the power to read your thoughts and your hearts, discern your, what is going on inside your mind, discern your motives. That's what the Bible does with us. Is worth speaking to us. It's the only book of all the books that when you read it, the author is with you. And he's speaking to you. Second, the rest of the time, logo simply means what God has said or has to say to us. This is the word of God to everybody, the Bible. It is the foundation also for the second type of word of God, which is Rema. And you say with me, Rema. Can you say it in English? Rema. Can you say it in Spanish? Rema. It's the same. It's Greek. All right? Rema. Rema. And um, Rema is the word of God to you personally. That's the word I want. Amen? That's the word you need. You can hear not to get just a logos. You can hear to receive a Rema. When you do your devotional, you're not there just to learn more Bible stuff. More logos. You are there to learn a rema. To catch a rema from God. That will change your situation. That will change your family. That will change your emotions. That will heal your body. That will, be, that will bring deliverance. That will bring prosperity. That's, right. That's, right. That's the word you need. Rema. Alright? Can you say again with me? Rema. Rema. It's a specific message given for a, for a specific person at a specific time. If you are a children of God, 
God has a rema for you. In that sense, it has a dynamic element to it. You are seized by God's Spirit in the Word. The Holy Spirit's job is to make the Scriptures apply to our lives personally in a dynamic or living way. Right? In other words, He takes the Logos and turns it into Rema. And that, my friend, is called illumination. When you're reading the Word, but in, in the Spirit, not in your flesh. Or not just like a habit. Like you are there, right there with God. Like you are here, right here with God. You are sitting in this place, but your mind, your concentration, everything needs to be here in what God wants to speak to you. It works like this. Let's say I said to you, I love you. Hey. <laughs> I love you. Amen? I hope you love me back. I love you all. Now, my wife right here, she received the same word, like... I said it in a general way. I love you, right? Does that change the way that, that she's feeling right now? No. Because I said it in a general way. I didn't, um, I, I didn't use the word to make it personal. It says, I love you to everybody. She's included, right? I didn't say, I, lo- I love you all. And that, but not my wife. No. I love you all. But it would be different if I come close to her and said. Right? Would it be different? The same word, well, in Spanish, right? I love you. Would it be, but it's different. Why is different? It's the same word. I love you. Because I make it personal. Happens the same with the word of God. God speaks to everybody, but he wants to speak to you. You need to listen. He's coming to your ear. He's going to say the same words. I love you. I bless you. You are prosperous. There's nothing that that could come against you. I will be there for you. I'm your defender. I'm your your solid rock. Because I'm your God. I was sharing with with Eduardo at the beginning. He, He was sharing with me some testimonies about what God is doing in his life. And he said to me, you know what? When all this happened... When I started to take this series, this course, and I'm applying it. I'm living it. What's the difference? It's the same Bible. The difference is you. You're coming different to God. With a humble heart. With a broken heart. And God will speak to you in a personal way. In a dynamic way. Amen? The Bible says um, that Jesus was taken by the Spirit to the desert, right? And um, remember the story? In Matthew 4.3, um, the Bible speaks to us and let us know that Jesus also was tempted, just like you and me are. And in Matthew 4.3, the devil came to Jesus and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Now, it was a sin, I mean, to, to eat. Eating is a sin? Of course not. Otherwise, I would be the worst of all sinners. I love to eat. Okay? No, it's not a sin. But the Father, through the Holy Spirit, was bringing Jesus to the desert in a 40 days fasting. And if you continue reading, you will know why. Because Jesus was about to start his ministry. 
And he needed to start it right. So uh, notice how Jesus responds. Matthew 4.4 4 says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, not logos, rema, that comes from the mouth of God. If you go to the Greek, you will see that that word is rema, not logos. Many assume that because Jesus was quoting the Old Testament scripture, Deuteronomy 8.3, when refuting the devil's temptation, that he must have been referring to the written word when he says that man is to live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. But they are mistaken. Nowhere in the written word did it say that someone couldn't turn stones into bread to eat. There's no such verse. So if Jesus was saying that the Father wouldn't allow it, then he couldn't have been referring to the written word, but to a spoken or personalized word to him from the Father. God will ask you to, th uh, to do things that maybe he will not ask anyone else. Just to use a personified word for you, for your situation. Then... Uh, And the, and the context supports that for it says that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tested. The Father had, uh, had um, set up a series of tests in order for the first temptation to be a valid test. Jesus had to engage in a lengthy fast. So the Father didn't want Jesus to break the fast. And Jesus claimed to live his life like that in full submission to the Father. Because he received a rema. John 5.19 says, The Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. B. Also, knowing God speak to us personally is key to understanding other matters. We need to realize that God wants to speak to us in a personal way. Not only knowing that coming to church, I will listen just to a, another sermon. How many sermons have you heard so far in your life? Can you? I don't know. <laughs> Let's say a, a year has 52 Sundays. Okay, let's say I came at least 50%. <laughs> so, uh, 26? No. Yeah, 26. I'm really bad at math. 26. 26 sermons per year, and then you have been a Christian, I don't know, for two or three years. So, there's a lot of sermons that you have heard. And maybe you have started to read the Bible on your own. That's great. You have to do it. That's the way that you will grow. It's not enough we just listen to the Word on Sunday and then going back to live your life without having contact with the Word of God. But even if you read the Bible every day, if you come every Sunday to church and you hear different sermons, but if you come here or you come to the Word with a spirit that is not broken and humble before Him, He can't speak to you. That simple. God, the Bible says that God is close to the broken, to the humble. But he sees from far away the sovereign, the proud. We need to come before him with a humble heart. And really, like, just like the psalm, the, the psalm says, right? Like the deer is thirsty for the waters and, you know, and walk trying to find water. That's the state of my soul. I want to find you. I need your words. I need your word. First, Knowing that God speaks to us personally is the key to understanding saving faith. I'm thinking a lot about the second coming of Christ lately. A lot. I believe Jesus is coming. I believe he's coming sooner than you think. I see the world and everything that is going on. 
I see everything that is going on in our society, in our countries, and I believe Jesus is coming. There are signs in heaven and signs on earth. Now the question is, am I ready? Are you ready? Is the church ready? You know what? The Bible says that the church, when Jesus comes, he's looking for a bride that will be praying and expecting his coming. And I don't know, when was the last time that you thought about this? About Jesus' return? And I'm praying, Jesus, come now. Come right now. I don't care about making money. I don't, I don't care about a car. I don't care about a mortgage or a house. I care about being with you in your kingdom. And I'm praying, Lord, for my family that all of them will be there. And I'm praying for my church that all of them will be there. We need to get ready. How, how do we get ready? Having a relationship with him, a personal relation, not just a religion. Listening to him, speaking to you. Even the book of Revelation, the last, the last book of the Bible says, listen. Those who have ears, listen. You know what God longs more for his church? To listen. To, to listen. Romans ten seventeen speaks about faith and salvation. It says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of, of Christ. How many of you have, uh, have read that verse before? Any? Amen? Oh, just a few? Romans, Bible, okay? And uh, whenever I read that verse, and I believe, and I used to believe that it was about reading the Bible. So I started reading the Bible a lot because I thought if I read the Bible a lot, my faith will go up, Right? Go up and up, and I will be able to apply my faith, and I will see miracles and great things. But that's not the way it works. If you take a close look to that verse, there's two grammatical matters about the word right there. The word. A, there's no definite article in the Greek. Therefore, it should read a word of Christ, not the word. A word of Christ. That makes all the difference in the world because the word will refer to God's written, written word, the Bible. But it doesn't speak about that. It says, a word of Christ, una palabra de Cristo, una. A word of Christ, it says. And that means it doesn't have to mean a scripture or Bible in a general way. Second, the Greek word for word there is not logos. You know what word it is? Again? Rema, which is the dynamic word from God to you. A personal and living word from God to you. When you take these two grammatical matters together, you can see that Paul is referring to something different than the written word of God, the scriptures. And the experience of people corroborates this. When people come under the preaching of the word, the word or a personal witness or a dream or vision, like is going on with the Muslims, receiving Visions from heaven and dreams that, uh, that God is using to let them know that Jesus is the Messiah. The Spirit will bring conviction within the spirit of the person. This is nothing less than a personalized word of Christ, a rema to the individual. Do you want a rema? 
We need that. We need a rema. That's why you are saved, because you receive a rema. A preacher was maybe preaching. And speaking about, in general term, repent or go to hell. Amen? <laughs> That's a hard message, right? Let's say that it was that message. Like in my case, I came to Christ through a movie. My mom that is right there, she was with me watching a movie in church. And I don't know, I think it was one of those old rapture movies, remember? Really bad. I watched the movie right now and I was like, oh God, you used that to bring me to you? <laughs> like bad effects, bad, everything is bad. But the message is not. And that night I went home and I said to my mom, Mom, I'm not sure if I'm saved. Would you lead me to Christ? And we pray and I repeat the, 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 the sinner prayer and, and here I am. I'm safe. So maybe God used a different kind of way to bring you uh, closer to Him. But anyways, when I watched the movie, when I received the message, I made it my own. Just like this morning, you're listening to a general sermon. Oh, maybe interesting or maybe not. Maybe you are here or maybe you are thinking on, the, on sports or going out with the family later. It's not up to me, it's up to you. God wants to speak to you. You need to listen. You need to listen closely. Second is the key for understanding faith to act and obey. The Bible doesn't make a distinction in faith. It's all the same. You believe what Christ is saying in your heart, that He is the only way to the Father, and so you have faith, faith to be saved. And then you believe what Christ says in your heart about what He wants you to do. You have faith, faith to do what He asks you to do. For example, Noah built an ark through, uh, though he had never seen a flood, right? He had never seen rain. He had never seen something like that. Not even a, a boat or an ark. But God spoke to him and gave him instructions. Why? Because God warned him. He heard a word from God. Hebrews 11.7 says, by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. He listened and he obeyed. What will happen if Jesus comes tonight? He's speaking to you now. What do you need to do with his word? Obey. It's just that simple. Listen and obey. Just like we we teach our children, listen and obey. God wants to, God is talking to you, speaking to you. Now, now we need to obey. Uh, Noah received a rema word, a warning word. Isaac and Jacob were also promised. Verse 9 of Hebrews 11. Abraham was told to sacrifice Isaac. Another, uh, 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 again, a rema. The walls of Jericho fell when Israel marched around them because God commanded, verse 30 of Hebrews 11, all those are remas, not just logos. But you can't simply do what they did because God didn't say it to you personally. He spoke those actions to them. God wants to speak to you and wants to show you what you need to do. For example, the story of Peter walking on, walking on water, remember? The disciples were out on a boat at night when Jesus comes walking on the water. Peter, Pedro, dice Pedro, Señor, si quieres que vaya a ti, solo di la palabra y voy. Lord, if, you, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water, and I will go. Then Jesus gave Peter a logos. 
a remma, a specific word. He said, come. Come. Just like we were singing, come as you are, come. So Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking on water because he received a rema. Why are you not walking on water right now in your life? Because you're not receiving remas. And it is not the fault of God. God wants to speak to you remas every day, all the time. He wants to bring a personal message to you, to your situation, to your marriage, to your family. The thing is that we are distracted. So many things going on in our heads. I have to pay the mortgage. I have to get another job. I have to, I don't know, do a renovation in the house. So many things in our heads. But not God. What is the secret of having a Successful life. The secret is standing close to Jesus. If you see the great revivals, you see guys and women and men and families that used to attend church Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, every day of the week. I'm not saying we will do the, the same here, but I'm saying that they have a connection, a collective connection with God every day. They needed a rema. You see a guy like Spurgeon. Who brought revival to England. He used to have a time with God every morning and every night. Till the last day of his life. And you and me, we struggle with at least read one verse in the morning. Because we got up late or we got to go and do a lot of things. Chores and Work, profession, activity, paying bills. But life is not about just paying bills, my friend. It is about serving God. It is about serving Him. And living for Him. What will happen if Jesus comes today? And just finds us. All entertained and busy. Anxious. About paying bills. Just that. You know what? He, he's all, he, he also cares about your bills. That's why he wants to give you a rema. Instructions. The story of Peter. We see Peter there and receive that rema. And Jesus said, come. That was his rema. So Peter gets out of the boat and starts walking in water. And notice, no one else was anxious to get out of the boat. You don't see like... Whoa, Jesus said, come, let's go all. Poof. Right? John, James, everybody, even Thomas, you know, who was a, a doubter. No. The only one that got out of the boat was Peter. Why? Because he's the only one that received the rema. We are all here listening to God. And God wants you to receive a rema. The answer is because it wasn't a specific word, Rema, to everyone. It was a word specifically, specifically for Peter. All that one specific time. The next day, Peter didn't get up and say, Hey guys, let's go fishing. Forget about the boats. We will just go walking. Right? They didn't, they didn't do that. Right? No. It was just one time. 
But it's, it was what he needed. There's a story about uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, this brilliant German theologian and pastor. Remember him? I don't know if you heard of him. Um, in June 24, 1939, God spoke to him through Isaiah 20, 28, 16. And that, that Bible verse says, The one who believes doesn't flee. The one who believes doesn't flee. In June 26, 1939, just two days after, God spoke to him again through the Bible. And he wrote, and sorry, he read 2 Timothy 4.21. That says, do your best to come here before winter. And if we see this just as a logos, we can think, okay, it's Isaiah. So it's speaking to just Israel. And they, they, were, going, they, they, they were going through the captivity. Or they were about to go to captivity. So that was the word that they needed. Or 2 Timothy is uh, Paul speaking to Timothy. Paul is in prison saying, Timothy, I need you. Come. That's the logos. But he didn't took it like that. He took it personally. God was using those verses to speak to him in his situation, in his condition. He, uh, Bonhoeffer, he had decided to flee to America. He was in New York when he read those passages. As Mahoffer read these two different passages, God's Spirit personalized the written word in his spirit so that it arrested Bonhoeffer's attention. And he knew that God was now speaking these very words to him for his own situation. And with that, he left the safety of New York to come back to Nazi Germany. Knowing full well that death might be awaiting him. And he became one of the greatest martyrs that we have in the 20th century. And he did a lot. He stood up there in that situation, in that crisis, in that national, world, worldwide crisis. God wants to do the same with, to you, the same with you. Third, Receiving a Rema word is the key to claiming God's promises to us. How many of you have been like me, like reading a Bible verse and saying, Lord, I claim, I claim it, I claim it, I claim it, I claim different verses or promises. And many times nothing happens. The answer is here. There are over 700 different promises in the Bible. Some are universal in nature for anyone, but not all. The thing is that we can only claim a promise when it is a rema, a specific word to us, personally, not a logos. When you are reading the Bible or when you listen to a sermon and you feel in your spirit that God is speaking to you through that, through that Bible verse or whatever, then that's a rema and then you can claim it. But you can just go to the Bible and start reading, now I claim this. There's a fine story in Argentina, a demon-possessed guy come to church. And um, his eyes were red. He started speaking Portuguese. And he, he, he was involved in some kind of Brazilian cult. That um, in, in Argentina is really common. It's called Umbandismo. They invoke spirits and they get, you know, to be uh, possessed by those spirits. I don't know if you have ever seen that, maybe in movies. But that's real, my friend. I was there. I was 12 years old. That was my first case of deliverance. <laughs> Um, I will never forget, we were in church, the guy just stood up and started working, uh, walking in church and accusing each one of the members that were in sin because the Lord knows your sin. You know that? He knows my sins. So that's why the book of Revelation says that he's the accuser of the brethren. And he started accusing people and, and saying in Portuguese, Você me pertenece. I don't know if I said it <laughs> good, okay? 
você me pertenece. Which means, you are mine. Could you imagine the devil coming to our church and starting showing the sins of everybody? You are mine. You are an adulterer. You are cheating your wife. You are, you are greed, whatever. Each one of them, everybody was terrified. The, the pastor said, take away the children. So they took us out, and, it, and the pastor said, everybody praying. But this guy, demon-possessed guy, was walking inside the church in, with all freedom. You know why? Because we were just a dead church back then. We didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in religion. You, and we actually, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Bible. So we knew the Bible from cover to cover. But that was not enough. One fellow brother stood up and, and, and took his Bible and started reading there. Now the Bible says, Psalm 91, to the demon-possessed guy. Psalm 91. And started reading the, the Psalms to the, to the demon-possessed guy. This demon-possessed guy took his Bible, threw it to the floor and pushed him. No authority. The devil doesn't care how much Bible you know. He only cares if you believe the Bible and you take it as yours. And you receive the authority that Jesus has given you. How you receive the authority, it is the same word. It's the logos through a rema. When you make it yours. Just, I just wanted to share that story for you so you have a nice lunch today thinking about this. And what will happen if next Sunday this happens out here? All right. Um, in the Bible, Sarah. Sarah was 90. Abraham, 99. When God says, Sarah, you're going to have a baby. Just like me and Megan, we're going to have a baby. Amen. See, we claim it. <laughs> Even though I'm not 99 and Megan is not 90. This, no, just one, Pastor Roy. This story is written for all to read, no one understand. It's a logos. It's God's inner word, word to all. But this wasn't a promise for all women for all time. Okay, ladies? It was just a specific word, Rema, just for Sarah. When God speaks to you personally, it's for you and you can act on it. You can't claim it when it's, you can't claim it when it's just a logos for you, just knowledge. You can only claim it when it's a Rema. Four is the key for understanding answer prayers. John 15, 7 says, if you remain in me and my words, again, the Greek, Rema, not logos, and my words, uh, remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. Have, have, have you tried to use that verse? That's crazy. Lord, today in the morning I read this, I want a Ferrari. I claim it. She says there, ask whatever you want. Doesn't work like that, my friend. Once again, that Rema, that's Rema, not Logos. The right translation would be, if you continue in my personalized word to you, you will have your prayers answered. That's our good news. Because you are praying for things, right? You're praying for situations, and you're praying for maybe for some family member or whatever. Any maybe harsh circumstance that you're going through. Maybe you're like, okay, God, why is nothing happening? Well, God is telling you today. Maybe because you have been just working in the logos. Now it's time to listen to me personally. I want to give you a rema. A rema. We see Jesus going to a pool. There was a lot of sick. Remember the pool of Bethesda? A lot of sick person. And Jesus only healed one. Why? 
because he was the only one that was close to him to listen to his rema. Rema. Number five is the key to receiving guidance from God. The Bible says in John 16, But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. The Holy Spirit teaches us, reminds us, and guides us. And we need this. We need the Holy Spirit to bring a rema to our lives, to our marriages, to um, the way we raise our children. Especially right now, right? We need a rema. Even more, your children need a rema. Your wife needs a rema. And God wants you to receive a rema, not only for you, but also for your house. Last one, sex. Understanding this is the key to meditation. And I'm not speaking here to cut your hair like God do. Use an orange rub and start, you know. Mm. No, it's not that what the Bible calls meditation. Meditation means um, to come before God in prayer and think about him. And think about what he wants to speak to you. God told Joshua that his future success was not found in his leadership skills or in his, dis- or in his discipline. God said that, he, that his success as a leader will come if he will meditate on scripture day and night. Jo- uh, Joshua 1.8 says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. The thing is that we all want this. We all want to be prosperous and successful. But how many of us wants to really commit to God in this way? To meditate in His Word, in His Rema, uh, during the day and even at night. At first, this doesn't make sense because Joshua already knew the law. Better than anyone else. He was the wingman, the second man, the second in command um, with Moses, who was the guy who wrote back then the first um, books of the Bible. That was the law, Genesis to Deuteronomy. So he knew the logos. But the issue here wasn't just general Bible knowledge. Joshua will need a different personal rema to be able to successfully lead such a vast nation. We need general Bible knowledge so we can recognize truth from error. That's important. But we also need to intentionally, fill in the blank word right there, intentionally listen to God through meditation on His Word. And when we ponder, prayerfully think about, listen, or chew on Scripture, that's called meditation. As we do this, the Word will come alive in you. We need to do this. We need to start practicing this. That's why right now we have a moment that you will have uh, five minutes before 12. And then we also have the offerings. Pastor Roy will be ministering the offerings today. And, um, and we will bring our tithes and offerings to God as a way of also uh, praising Him and worship Him. And put it into action, His Word. Because His Word says, bring your tithes to my house. So I can rebuke the, the enemy that tried to come and, 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 and steal from you. So the Lord also wants to speak to, to us through this. But... Right now, I invite you to take your hand out, if you have it with you, your participant manual. And here you will see what we call practicum. In this teaching, I will, I will, I will close the teaching with this, practicum. And you, says, it says, you see that it says question and conversation. 
The practicum of today says read and meditate on Psalm 103. So you will open your Bible in these five minutes and we will meditate on the Word. And let God speak to you through the Bible about anything He wishes. Read the passage carefully, reflect and meditate. Ask the Lord in prayer regarding the following questions. And we use this acronym, Campus. What command do you have for me? You will read Psalm 103, maybe you will find a command, a rema that will come to you. What application do you have for me? What message do you have for me? What promise do you have for me? What understanding of this passage do you, do you wish to teach me? And what sin do you want me to confess? And if you sense that, well, that uh, you are to ask a particular question, then choose that one. And the way we would do it, you see, you have space right here. We would do a conversation with God just like we have been doing it for the, for the last Sundays. Uh, you would put your initial, like in my, in my case, R, Roger. And I will ask God there, God, what do you want to teach me? Or God, is there, a, a, I don't know, a command that you want me to grasp today and that you want me to obey? As I read Psalm 103. Are you ready to do it? You have your manual? We will have a quiet moment. Maybe we can put some uh, instrumental music if we have it. And if not, that's all right. Just take your manual. I will take mine. We will do the exercise. Open your Bible in Psalm 103. Read it in your hands. Open your Bible or maybe in your phone. Just Let's just meditate. While God wants to speak to us this morning.
you're finishing um, your exercise, I invite you, if you want, maybe you can share what God spoke to you. If it's not too private, you can share it with your with someone today. Maybe you can share it right now with who is sitting at your side. Maybe it's your wife, husband, children, or brother or sister. I'd like to share with you something that the Lord spoke to me. I asked the Lord, Lord, is there a promise that you have for me in this home? And I was, when I was as I was reading the verses uh, 17 and 18, God spoke to me and told me, I'm, I'm, I'm the Lord of ages. I'm the Lord of generations. Fear me. And I will always fill you with my love. I'm righteous and just. And my, my reward is with your children and children's children. And for me, this is a, a rema where I'm right here with my parents, first generation, myself, second generation, my children, third generation. Now, and, and I long to see the rewards and blessings of the Lord for even my children's children, fourth generation. Just want to share it with you. That's what the Lord spoke to me personally. And if the Lord spoke to you in a personal way, feel free to share it with someone today. Take your time. If you have a question about these exercises, you can see us at the end of the service. We'll be here with pastors and we'd love to speak to you. Let me pray for the word of today. I invite you to bow your head. Close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Hmm. We thank you, Lord, for your your love to us. Thank you, Lord, for uh, speaking to us today in such a fresh and simple way. You don't complicate things. You just speak to us in a plain and simple way, but it's such a profound way at the same time. Lord, I pray that today we will be able to leave this place with the Rema word. A Rema word that will change the circumstances, our circumstances, our situations. And that we will get uh, engaged, Lord, in uh, searching your face every day, looking for your heart every day, and coming to you in our devotions, uh, looking for a Rema. A Rema word, a personalized and living word for, for us. Lord, I pray that you will open our ears to hear you clearly. Every time we open scriptures, you will speak to us. Every time we pray, we'll be able to hear your quiet voice. We will, Lord, we will get used to your voice. We will even know what you like and what you want for us. Lord, I thank you for the congregation. I thank you for the church, for my fellow brothers and sisters. And I pray that you bless them today and you bless this time of offerings that Pastor Roy will minister. In Jesus' name. Amen. Worship team. Wes. Amen. This is probably a very new exercise for the majority of people. One, just to be quiet for a while. And just to still our own minds and hearts and allow God to speak to us. Follow through and, and uh, so appreciate your participation 
uh, in these lessons and exercises. It's, it's wonderful. Normally we read some scriptures on a declaration, and while we were uh, worshiping this morning, um, I just sense the Lord wanting to take a different direction as we do our offering this morning. And uh, I'm reminded of a scripture in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, says, Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, the Amplified Translation, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in 